Hello, and welcome to the Deeply Rooted Podcast. We are here to root deep in God's Word so that we can live lives of unshakable faith. My name is Ben Jacobson, and I am here with Pastor Mike Toomey, one of my colleagues at Hope Lutheran Church here in Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome, Mike. It is good to be here. I've, I hear all the cheering. I am so overwhelmed. It is overwhelming, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. We're glad you're here. We're Thank starting you. something new today. Uh, new. New. It's new. The New Testament. In the New Testament. So we're going to be in, in the Gospel of Luke today. We're going to talk about what that means. We're uh, getting ready for Christmas. We're reading these stories about preparing for the birth of Jesus. And, and as we do that, we're going to pause and, and think about what that means Um. Before we do that, I want to ask you, what is your favorite part of the Christmas season? What is your fa- how, what's your favorite part about preparing for Christmas? Oh, the preparing for Christmas. Um, it is not putting up the Christmas lights on the no. house. No, no. Mm-mm. Have you done it? <clears throat> it's done, and I, 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 I did not like it. Um, taking them down is even worse. Um, what do I like though? What do I love? Um, there's two things that I love. One, um, uh, specifically for family, and that is thinking about what is the centerpiece of the meal, and what what I mean by that, what is the meat on the for Christmas dinner? Whether mm. that be turkey or ham or some sort of venison roast. Mm. Have you ever done a Christmas goose? Um, no, we've done. N- not as a centerpiece, but as um, a pastrami. We can turn a oh, nice yeah. Canadian Canada goose into pastrami. It is delicious. You know, you read like Charles Dickens, and mm-hmm. I think the Christmas goose is kind of a centerpiece. So maybe that would be a tr- tradition to it, harken back to someday. It is from from the church world, my professional life world. My favorite thing is getting ready for the Christmas or Eve sermon. Yeah, thinking about how do we tell that old old story, and tell it and tell it in a way that just brings absolute life back into people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great privilege. It is. It is a great joy. One of the things I love is in our house, and I think this started when my dad was growing up. Um, during Christmas, instead of saying our normal table prayer, mm-hmm. we would sing the Happy Christmas. The happy the Christmas? The happy Christmas comes once more. The heavenly guest is at the door. The mm. blessed word, the shepherd's thrill, the joyous tidings, peace, goodwill. But it's sung, um, and I'm not going to sing You're it You're not right going to sing it for us? Nope, I was going right to ask now. if you are going to sing for us. No, that's a, if you want to send me an email, fargohope.org slash adults, I'll follow up with a uh, link to a YouTube version of it all right but that's one of my favorite things is to sing that to Uh, sing it's just like uh there's there's something in the in the air at at christmas time and of course i think we know that that the goodwill that we feel Mm -hmm. is actually a lot more than just a feeling but it is a god who looks upon us with salvation Yes. And goodwill. So (laughs) uh, we're going to dive into that a little bit. We're going to read from Luke, Luke's gospel. We'll talk about what a gospel is. We'll talk about the New Testament. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about, um, you know, maybe why there are four gospels. Uh, But we're going to start with 
Luke, and we're going to read Luke 39 through Luke 80. Or, sorry, Luke, chapter 1. Chapter 1. Yeah, yes, yes, sorry. Chapter there 1. There is no Luke 80. Um, I don't think there's a Luke 39 There's not either. a 39 either. Yeah, no, so no. We will... St- this is all from chapter 1. Yes. Is that fully clear now? Okay. This is uh, Luke 1, beginning at verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. His Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things but has set the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zechariah. But his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately, his mouth was opened, and his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak, praising God. The neighbors were all filled with awe, and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it, asking, What then is this child going to be? For the Lord's hand was with him. His father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets of long ago. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us 
from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him to give salvation, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. So when you hear that read, when you read that along with me, Mike, what are the things that stand out, words, phrases, questions that come to your mind? A lot of the what comes to my mind is how excited people were mm. about expecting John, about expecting Jesus. Um, you know, the Mary goes to visit Elizabeth, and Elizabeth is just elated that Mary Mary is there. Um, people are excited about Elizabeth and and uh, Zechariah having a child as well. Mm-hmm. They, people are happy. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that just jumps out at me within this particular uh, part of Luke's gospel. Um, I think uh, I, I think there's some other things that um, are very clear to me, and that's how Luke is really trying to show to you and me, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this, but just how closely John is associated with the Old Testament prophet Elijah. And we, we've talked about Elijah on this podcast before. We mm-hmm. specifically talked about Elijah at Mount Carmel against the prophets of Baal. Yes. Um, and so, yes, there's clearly something happening here that's linking those two. John and Elijah, right? Yep. Yep. And, and so that, that, that jumps out at me as something that is important for us to know. Um. I think the other thing that jumps out at me is uh, in one book of the Bible or one chapter of the book of the Bible, we get two songs. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of singing going on. I mean, yeah. that, that's part of the excitement as well. We get uh, Mary's song. Um, some people call this the Magnificat. That comes from the Latin translation of um, my soul glorifies the Lord. Um, and then you get Zechariah's praise mm-hmm. um, as well. Um yeah, this that's sort of an interesting moment, isn't it, where they're talking about naming the child and and Zechariah has had a vision earlier. We didn't read this, but um he had this vision and and after that he couldn't speak. Yep. And and then there's this moment where all of a sudden he began this. So there's the layers of miracles here. Yes. The miracles of children, the miracles of someone who couldn't speak, being able to speak. Clearly, the spirit of God is at work in the midst of all of this. And then Zechariah sings this song. Lots of exciting things There's a happening. lot of things going on here. I wonder if it would be really helpful for us to just start with, we're in the New Testament. Yeah, let's go back. Let, let, let's go what does go. that mean? What does that mean? Um, well, 
basically what this means for us to understand is that we're now talking about Jesus. Okay. We're going to understand Jesus as the Messiah, understand Jesus as the Son of God, um, and, and we're going to move into um, the coming of the Holy Spirit upon all who believe in Jesus in the, books of, in the book of Acts later. But the New Testament is about Jesus. Hmm. So in some ways, the Old Testament is a story of a people. Yes. God's people and their... Um, Continually, God calling them, uh, God saving them from situations um, like Exodus and and exile, and and this is the story of a person. But both of them are the story of God. Yes, it is the same story. I think there's some confusion in the world where people begin to think that the Old Testament is one story and the New Testament is another story. And that's not the case. It is one cohesive narrative. And we've got to remember that the Bible is, you know, 66 books that are put together over the course of um, many, many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but they tell one cohesive story. And now we're moving into the part where we learn about Jesus, the Messiah, that comes from this people— Mm-hmm. Um, the people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the mm-hmm. nation of Israel. Um, we, we, we talk about, uh, we're now talking about Jesus, but it is important to understand that there is one cohesive story. And, and Luke is very clear with that, mm-hmm. um, especially linking Jesus back to, uh, or excuse me, linking John back to Elijah, a, a, really a prophecy and. You and I were looking at just earlier, but in the prophet um, Malachi. The um, last book of the, the Old Testament. The last book of the Old Testament. <clears throat> um, there is a prophecy that is there. Yeah, I'll turn there and just You're, read the last. Well, this is the second to last verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before that great and deadful, dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. So it's this idea that that before the Lord comes, yeah, Elijah before, will return. Yeah, before the Messiah comes, Elijah's gonna, Elijah will return. Mm-hmm. Okay, Elijah, we remember, was taken up into heaven by the chariot of fire, and um, kind of like Elijah's going to have a second coming here. He's going to... Uh, usher in the Messiah that, that is come, coming. And Luke is very clear to draw that, uh, draw our attention to John as Elijah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, let's just go back for a second to that, this idea that the Old and the New Testament are, are two different things. Mm-hmm. I think what's really interesting is when we look at Mary's response Mary's song, yep. and when we look at Zechariah's song, it's very clear that they see themselves as a part of this story that began with creation. Yes, and in their in their singing of these songs, uh, they they link themselves to that. So mm-hmm. um, you know, Mary says, "My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. From now on, all the generations will call me blessed." Um, she, she talks about the mighty deeds that God has performed with his arm. 
She yep. talks about um, the things that God has done, how he has filled the hungry with good things, how he has helped his servant Israel. So she's tying herself to this story, all of the moments that have led to this moment. And this moment seems so small. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a family yep. gathering together. Uh, but she sees that as part of this bigger story. And, and when she does that, she helps us to make that same leap. Zechariah does the same thing. Yes, He talks about the servant of of David, about the house of David. He talks about, um, where else did I see that? He talks about Abraham. He talks about, uh, so this is verse 72, uh, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham. They are linking themselves. Uh, they are another chapter in this great story. Exactly. We go back into the... Um, the you know, about first verse five, really, um, of Luke's gospel, and you start reading there about how Luke puts um, who are we talking about here? You know, uh, who who is Elizabeth and and who is Zechariah, and they link them back to Aaron, the hmm. the, the 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 priest, right? Way back with the time of, in the time of Moses, um, you know. So they're also a dis, you know. Elizabeth, also a descendant of Aaron, you know, you, you move into this. And what is Zechariah's job? He's a, he, he's a priest. Mm-hmm. That, that's part of his work. And, and he has this vision in the temple. Again, this has got to be linked to, you know, we, we have to understand the Old Testament. This is something that God has been doing and working. And it, God's plan is unfolding before our eyes. Mm-hmm. And it's one cohesive story. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this part about Zechariah in the uh, in, in the temple. Here he is in the highlight of his career, and he has a vision, and it's an angel of God. And every time an angel shows up in the Holy Scriptures, it's almost like the first words that have to come out of his mouth are, "Don't be afraid." Mm-hmm. And, and the the angel gives him. All of these, you know, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son. So part of their story is they've never had a child. And they're beyond, Elizabeth is beyond the years of raising a child, everyone thinks. Um, but here the angel announces the, the, the birth of John, and the angel says, his name's going to be John, by the way. And, and over all this goodness, Zechariah it's like he absolutely messes it up. Verse 18, Zechariah asks the angel, how can I be sure of this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An angel just told you. <laughs> Which is pretty much what Gabriel says to him. I am Gabriel. <clears throat> I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you to tell you this good news. And this is, and now you will be silent, not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. So, so part of the sign here is that uh, Zechariah is mute mm-hmm. from now until the day they name John. Hmm. So Elizabeth didn't hear. Did she hear the the thing about the name? No, he must have figured out some way to tell her. Well, yeah, they he yeah he he can obviously write yeah and and, and uh, he must so, have told her beforehand yeah <clears throat> I mean they've they've yeah that's interesting yeah you think about all the conversations that go into naming a child and yes uh, yeah that's just really interesting interesting also you know God uh, 
chooses to do here, what he did for Abraham and Sarah. Um, that's another link back to... It's, it's a story we've heard. It's a theme we have experienced yeah. before. Yep. 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 So Luke is telling a particular story in a particular way. Mm-hmm. This is Luke's gospel. What, let just wide angle, what is, what is a gospel and why do we have more than one? And mm-hmm. we don't have more than one gospel. There's a bunch of ways to talk about uh, the word gospel. Um, I think the Greek is oiangelion. Mm-hmm. If I if I got that right, mm-hmm. um, it's an announcement of good news, mm-hmm. and um, the Roman Empire used to do. They would have their oiangelions, their gospels, which is basically hear the good news. You are now part of the Empire of Rome, mm-hmm. which I don't know if it was really good news. This is hear the good news. Hear the good news of, from God. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so um, it's a story of Jesus, Who of is his Jesus? life. His death, his resurrection. Yes. Each one will include that. Yep. Um, why do we have four different Gospels? Um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were all writing to different audiences. And you might have one, you, you have one story, but you might tell it differently to different audiences, or you might highlight different themes a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe one way to think about this is, you know, when you're, you said one of your favorite things as a pastor is to think about how you're going to tell the, the story. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably thinking about one of the first things that you might be thinking about is who's going to be in the pew yeah. to hear the story. Yep. And if it's, you might, you'll, you'll tell the story to a group of uh, preschoolers differently than you would tell it to a, a group of adults, right? And right. then we could make other distinctions, of course, of who that audience is. And, and Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they, they made those distinctions and they, and they decided this is how I'm going to tell this story for this particular time yep. and this particular place so that yep. they might hear um, the good news. Yeah, if you go back to, you know, if you pull out a, a Greek New Testament, it's going to say the gospel according to yep. Luke, right? Yep. So that the, the, the gospel itself does not change. No. There are four accounts of the same gospel. Yep. And so that's that's what we have here. And so Luke is trying to tell an orderly account so that his hearers, his readers, um, he, he, he specifically draws out one particular name here, which could be a specific name or it could be a group of people, but um, Theophilus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's so that you can be certain of the things that you've been taught. He wants people to hold on to this good news of Jesus when they experience his gospel. So he's putting together this orderly good account of everything that's happened. And he starts with, how do we talk about John the Baptist, right? Here We're going to foretell the, the birth of John the Baptist, and then we're going to tell about the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, right? So Elijah comes, then the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, Mary and Elizabeth, the mother of these two, have a, have a conversation with one another. Both of these um, pregnancies for these women are unexpected, mm-hmm. from their account anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mary, uh, not yet married and engaged, um, probably shouldn't be having a kid. Um, but she is, mm-hmm. because this is God's plan. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth, beyond the age of having children, Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't be having a kid, but mm-hmm. God 
is looked with favor upon both of them. Unexpected. Unexpected. Yet not unplanned. And joyous. And joyous. Yes. And joyous. I mean, people are happy. Mary's singing. Elizabeth's... um, John the Baptist in utero is jumping up and down. I mean, this the whole thing is just everyone is filled with great joy. So it's interesting to me, uh, Mary, you know, she learns who this child will be, and and she has this beautiful response. Mm-hmm. Um, Zechariah, his first shot at a response isn't so great, as we talked no, about. No, no, he, he, he uh, falls flat. <clears throat> no. But it's just so interesting to me how how different people respond to this good news yeah. uh, and what they say. And, and you know, when Mary's given this incredible, miraculous, humbling task of bearing God into the world, mm-hmm. she responds with this sort of, um, yes, wow, wonderful. So many other people, when given a task by God in Scripture, their first response is, woe is me, or I'm too young, or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it may be. And I think I probably would have been in that category of, I'm not ready for this, I don't know what to do. What can we learn from Mary in her response? There's a great deep wisdom from her. Yeah, I I, I want to, I'm going to tell a story of um, a good friend of mine who has passed away a number of years ago. Uh, His name was Jack. Jack was one of those guys who could make you belly laugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could tell stories that would m- just make you blush and laugh. And he, that's who he was. And this next moment, he, 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 through all this, he was faithful, but he could get very serious and write it right to the heart of the matter, right mm-hmm. to your soul. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember being around a, a table and, and, and sharing dinner with him. And again, we're all laughing. And he says, Mike, what are you up to? And I was a brand new pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he had known me since I was little, but being a brand new pastor, what are you up to? And I said, well, I'm getting ready for Advent. And I'm trying to figure out how to how to talk about Mary here. And, and he, we moved from laughter to serious. He says, Mary, he says, is the model of faith and obedience for every single one of us. When God gives us a task, Mary has the best response, doesn't she? And, and we didn't touch it here, but uh, her her best response is, you know, Lord, let it be with me, right? Something along, uh, the exact quote here is, um, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Right? That's ought to be our response. And then we sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are the, 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 that's what I get from Mary is she is the model of faith and obedience for my life. And when God calls, we respond, even if it's tough. Mary here is dealing with, again, um, it's, she's in a precarious situation. Mm-hmm. Engaged, not yet married. Societally, she should not be pregnant. Um, in this particular society, this could be a death sentence. Mm-hmm. And yet she gladly takes it on because she trusts that God is at work in and through her. 
I think every single one of us needs to know that God is at work in and through us. And that's really where Luke's going to go as he completes his account of the gospel. And then Luke is going to write another book called Acts, um, the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Um, this is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon God's people. Um, we help usher in the very kingdom of God. Do you think part of Mary's response and her, uh, her faith and her ability to say, may it be as you have said, comes from the fact that she, she knows the story of God. Mm -hmm. She knows that God has delivered his people time and time and time mm -hmm. again. And she realizes that she is a part of that story. Yep. And I think that's another takeaway for us is that when we're reading this story, you know, we talked about the Old Testament, New Testament is one story. Well, the next leap for us to say is, it's also my story. This is our story. Yep. We, we need to understand that the Holy Spirit has called us into this story to live it out and to help write it. We're still writing the story of the kingdom of God. Hmm. We're not changing the gospel. What Jesus has done is, is done, and, and, and it's good news. He, he has died for our sins. He's been raised, and because he lives, we too shall live. But we're writing the, the story of the work of the church today, and we need to run into that. So what begins here mm -hmm. began long before this moment, but it also is is uh, continuing in us. Yeah, it is. So here we are. This you know, it, this is right before the birth of Jesus, mm -hmm. and the stage is set. How do we wait? How do we wait for Christmas? How do we wait for the birth of that child? Um, what do we do in the meantime? It's a great question. I'm going to say we sing. Hmm. Um, lift up your voice with Mary, lift up your voice with Zechariah, sing, right? <clears throat> I think you let your heart get prepared to say, Lord, let it be with me according to your word. Um, I think we invite other people into this story as well. These are public events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, much of these events are public. I mean, you don't sing to stay quiet. Right. You sing to be heard. Um, I got four kids in my house. They love to sing. Trust mm -hmm. me, you can hear them, mm -hmm. right? They start singing, you can hear them. They're not singing to be quiet. They're singing to be heard. Um, sing. And if you can't sing, well, write some poetry. And if you can't write poetry, just simply invite your friend, your neighbor, your family to experience God in worship or in a Bible study, or maybe over for dinner, for a time of prayer. Invite people in to hear this story of God. 
So there's this great moment that we read, and it's it's when Elizabeth, when the time comes for her to have this baby. Mm-hmm. And this verse 58 says this, her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. Yep. And I wonder if that's not the, that's not what we do in in the meantime is we we sing and we share and we invite our neighbors mm-hmm. and our relatives to see the miraculous power of God and to know and trust that in doing that they will share our joy. Yep. The word rejoice and, and and jumps up in Mary's song. My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. One that's to kind of feel or to experience great joy. There's another way to use that word rejoice, and that's to cause joy to somebody else. Hmm. We we run into that, right? We do exactly. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. Let's rejoice the world. Let's go share joy. So I think the challenge for you and I, the challenge for everybody listening today is to think about who is it in your life who needs to know and experience that joy and how will you help them do it? Yep. Take a moment. Think who it is. And now do it. We'll be back again on the Deeply Rooted podcast. We'll continue to hear the story of God and hear about the birth of this Messiah who is coming into the world. In the meantime, share in that joy and stay deeply rooted. If you want to know more about Hope Lutheran Church, visit us on our website at fargohope.org. Don't forget to like and to share and subscribe and to uh, bring someone else into this podcast. We have a lot of joy as we open God's word together. So until next time, stay deeply rooted.